0: You are listening to the NHA podcast. All NHA podcasts are recorded live each Sunday morning. For more information about NHA, please visit our website at nhachurch.com. I want to take a moment and I want to start with the verse 1 John 2.6. 1 John 2.6. Uh, we looked at this scripture last week when we were answering the question, uh, what is the goal or the purpose of Christianity. What is the goal or purpose for being in church? You know, why pray? Why read your Bible? Why are we here? What is the goal? What is the focus? What is the purpose? And we looked at a number of scriptures, and at the very end, we settled on 1 John 2.6. 1 John 2.6 says this, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And it was years ago as as we were pondering this verse that we came up with the church mission statement to live like Jesus. If you're going to call New Heights your church home, if if you're going to be here regularly, if you're going to be a part of our family, if you're going to be a part of this body We don't want you to just sit in the pew, and that's the extent of your spiritual life. Because when you sit and do nothing, it kind of stinks, doesn't it, Rosalie, huh? Spiritually, we got to do something. There's got to be a goal. There's got to be a purpose. There's got to be a focus. And that's when we came up with that short little phrase, to live like Jesus, that that's why we're here. That's why I'm here. It's because I want to live like Jesus. And even though in the New Living Translation they use the word live twice, um, each, each time they use it there's a little different meaning. The first time when he says live in God, when you take a closer look at that, that word means to abide or be close to God on a daily basis. Uh, in, in in Jesus terms and in Greek terms, they they say our inner self needs to be connected to God. My heart needs to be connected to God. My mind and my spirit needs to be connected to God. Somebody said it this way: God needs to become my greatest love and my greatest. Passion. And the verb tense there, it's a continuous and repeated action. Every day I gotta be challenged to be close to God. Every day I need to be connected to God. The second time that John uses the word live, he says, uh, live their lives as Jesus did. Uh, Another way to understand this is that we need to walk with Jesus. That we need to become like Jesus in all that we do. Um, John is referring more to the outer self. This is the part that people see on a daily basis. My words, my actions, the motives of my heart, how I carry myself, how, how I um, speak to the people around me. That John says you need to be like Jesus in all that you say and do. Um, uh, somebody said it this way, I need to honor Jesus in everything I say and do. I need to honor God. And the verb tense is also a continuous and repeated action. And last week, we, um, we, we started kind of a new illustration of, of what it means to become a Christian, and we looked at Matthew chapter 11. And Jeff, would you throw up my slide for me? I've got two slides in Matthew chapter 11, and I, picture number one. Is it there? Do I have it, Andrew? Hopefully I do. There we go. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus talks about that we are to be yoked with God. That, that uh, just like two oxen are yoked together and the farmer is behind them in the olden days plowing the field, that a picture of what it truly means to be a Christian is, is that we are yoked, we are connected with Jesus on a daily basis. Throw up uh, my next slide for me, Jeff. Right there, there is a great picture of what it means to be a Christian. That we're not walking alone, we're not doing life for me, myself, and I, and no one else, but that I am yoked. I am connected with Jesus on a daily basis. That is a great picture of what it means to be a Christian. And then, Andrew, did I... Th- sh- sh- send you my last slide. I got one more slide that kind of gives us a little bit of direction of where we are going today. Hopefully I got it to you, brother. Is it there? If not, I'll just keep on rolling. You got it. Perfect. Because over the course of the next many weeks, we're going to continue to focus on this statement right here, to live like Jesus, But a great question is, how do I do that? How do I do that in my heart? How do I do that in my everyday life? What would it look like to live like Jesus and to follow Jesus? And uh, there we go. Lily made me a a little like PowerPoint. That in order to live like Jesus, we're going to talk about what it means to live in love, what it means to live in truth, and what it means to live in power. And so this morning we're going to focus on what it means to live in love, and we're going to focus on loving God, and next week we'll we'll focus in on loving people. So let's look at a couple scriptures that talk about the importance of loving God. The first one is found in Matthew 6, starting in verse number 24. Matthew 6, verse 24, it says this, no one can serve two masters. He will hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, Jesus uses the example of money because Money is pretty important in every culture, isn't it? You know, where would we be without a little bit of money? But Jesus could, could say the same thing. You know what? You can't serve me and put your spouse above me at the same time. You can't serve me and your children at the same time. You can't serve me and success at the same time. You can't serve me and your career at the same time. Something still has to have the priority. And what the Scripture is saying is if we truly love God, we're trying our best to serve Christ, we're going to make Him the priority. Uh, Another verse, Luke 14, verses 25 and 26 Luke 14, verses 25 and 26, it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And Jesus turned to them and he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, yes, this can be one of the more confusing scriptures. I mean, you read that scripture and you're like, oh my goodness, does that mean I just need to hate everybody? I thought I was supposed to love my neighbor and and cling to my spouse, you know, till death do us part. Uh, I want to read you a little note from the Full Life Study Bible that kind of explains this a little better. It says this, Jesus uses hyperbole to make a point about loving him. Get this, loving him far above anything else. In this sense, the word hate means I have got to love less. Jesus demands that our loyalty to And our love for him has to be greater than every other affection and attachment in life, including our own family. Now, remember that picture of the yoke I showed you? If if we could see a yoke on each one of our shoulders, Jesus is saying, I better be the one in, in charge. Not money. Not your spouse, not your kids, not your job, not your career, not the drive for success, not sin, not selfishness, but he's saying, I need to be the one that's yoked with you. That's what it means to live in love. And and probably the most famous verse in the Bible on living in love is found in Matthew 22, Starting in verse number 36, um, one of the religious leaders says, "'Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?' And Jesus replied, "'Love the Lord your God half-heartedly when it's convenient, when it feels good, when everything in your life is going right. Is that what it says?' Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Have you ever wondered how do you do that? Or what does it look like to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength? Man, I have pondered this for years, and I will probably continue to ponder it until the day I die, because I really want to know, what does it mean to be deeply in love and yoked and connected with Jesus? Let me give you, for a few minutes, just just a couple thoughts. What does it mean to love God with our whole heart? Here's here's a statement. To love God with our whole heart is to have your will and your spirit entirely set on accomplishing what is good for God first. And that is a challenging statement. That every day I want what is good for God first. Anybody else here struggle with me, myself, and I Daily living? Yep. What does my wife need? What do my kids need? What's on my do list today? What do I need to get done at church? But loving God from our heart says, God, what do you want to be done today? What do you want to accomplish? Somebody else said it this way because of my love for God, I surrender living, I surrender living for my purposes and plans and I take up God's purposes and plans instead. You know what, a great book, if you're like, Lance, I I need to improve in this area of loving God, especially from the heart, read the book All In by Mark Batterson. Very good read, All In by Mark Batterson. Let's take a minute, and what does it mean to love God with all of our soul and all of our mind? To love God with all of our mind is to take our feelings and our thoughts and devote them to what is good for God. Uh, Somebody else said it this way, that I must turn my thoughts on God. And, And let me give you a challenge. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Who or what do you think about most every day? Who or what do you think about most every day? I'd say my kids, my job, sleep, (laughs) sports. But to truly love God With our heart and our soul and our mind, is I challenge myself this way. I want to think about God more than anything or anyone every day. Every day. I want to think about God more than anyone or anything. That's what it really means to love God with our soul and with our mind. To have a focus on Him. And if you're struggling in that area, let me give you a couple resources. There's a book called Telling Yourself the Truth by William Backus. And there's also a book called Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. And my kid's giving me a thumbs up because she has read it. It is a good one. It is a really good one in in focusing the soul and the mind upon the Lord. The, the last part of this scripture, it says to love the Lord with all your strength. Uh, really what it means, love the, the Lord your God with all of your body, with all of your physical might. Um, it, it, would, it would, I could describe it this way. When we intentionally develop good habits focused on God and we get rid of the bad habits... One of the things I've said many a times is, if you struggle with sin and addiction, and I've been there, I still struggle with sin. You know, I'm probably a little too much addicted to food and sugar and pop and things like that, I'll admit it. But if I find myself struggling, will I do whatever it takes to get free? and to put God first? Will I do whatever it takes to even focus my strength and my physical body upon the Lord and not upon myself? Um, Sometimes people say, practice spiritual discipline, silence, solitude, confession. There's a couple good resources on this. There's the book, The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, There's another book called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. And then there's another one that I recommend it a lot, especially if you're struggling with sin, addiction, discouragement, darkness. There's a book called Victory Over the Darkness by Neil T. Anderson. Neil T. Anderson. All righty, we're talking about living in love and loving God with all that is inside of us and I need $3. Do I got a volunteer? I need $3. I need three $1 bills. Anybody got home? My wife got it. Whoo, Sweet. Now nobody can say Lance took money from me in church today. Don't worry, honey. I'll give it back. This is an illustration of what it looks like in a negative fashion, this is a bad illustration of Christianity right here. How about this? When we say we're living in love, but we're really not. PJ, did you know that I only want $3 of God? I want enough to get me to heaven, but I want to live every day the way I want. I want to think the thoughts I want. I want to say the things I want. I want to do the things I want. I want just enough of God to look good when I'm around my family and church people. But when nobody's around, I want to live for myself and do whatever I want. I just want... $3 $3 of God. And unfortunately, that describes a lot of America. I just want enough to look good. But remember, the Scripture says we're supposed to love them with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it's got to be a lot more than just $3 worth of God. I sat for a while this week, and I thought about loving God with my heart and with my soul and with my strength. But then I, I, I thought of the second word, live, in 1 John 2.6, and it carries that I need to walk with God. I need to live like Jesus. I need to be like Jesus. My motives, my words, my actions, the people in my neighborhood, my family, my friends, my co-workers, my classmates? Would they say Lance is a genuine Christian, the real McCoy? Or am I a hypocrite, a Benedict Arnold? And I thought about it for a while. How does a Christian really love God and live like Jesus in the church? And then I thought of the question, how does a Christian really love God and live like Jesus in the world? Because I I was there as a teenager. I looked good on Sunday morning. Good. Good. And the other six and a half days, I lived for myself and the devil. If we're really going to live like Jesus, if we're really going to walk like him, it's 24 hours a day. It's seven days a week. That people need to see the love of God in us. They need to see something different in in the way we speak, in the way we act, in the way we deal with challenges, in the way we deal with difficulties, in the way we handle life. They need to see something different. And and I thought of a couple scriptures to illustrate this idea. The first one was in Luke 6.45. And it says this, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up out of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. be interesting to ask my children my wife the church staff this week did Lance speak life or death into you Church secretary Lily children's pastor Mark youth pastor Matt does Lance Lee speak life or death into you That's when we really find out if I'm serious about walking for Jesus or not. What does my neighbor say about me? What about the people at the gas station where I go to or where I go buy food? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I speak a lot of crap... And negative and sarcasm and crudeness, I got to take a look at my heart. If I speak hope and encouragement and I build others up, that should be a big encouragement about what is in my heart. Uh, Another scripture I thought of Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me on earth, I will deny before my Father in heaven. If I'm afraid to acknowledge Jesus, if I'm afraid to let people know I'm a Christian, I'm in a challenging place and a difficult spot. I really don't believe there's any such thing as a closet Christian where it's me and God in the closet and nobody else knows. I really don't see that as biblical Christianity. Everything I say, everything I do, I'm reflecting Christ, and I'm not afraid to let people know what he's done in my life. How tragic would it be to stand before God one day and he says, Lance, man, I never knew you. Yep, you were a churchgoer. Yep, you were a nice guy. you never went public. And that's one of the things I love about water baptism. I am telling God, I am telling my family and friends, I am telling the world that I am going to do my best to love God and to live for God. Let's move towards wrap-up this morning. And I've got a little video that I'm going to use to, to get us one more time to think about how am I doing in living in love and loving God. It's from the, the movie, oh, uh, my mind just goes blank for it. God's Not Dead. It's the first one. The, uh, the guy's name is Josh. He's a college student. He's trying to do his best to live for God, and his girlfriend kind of challenges him and says, who are you going to live for? Go ahead and let's roll the video. Hey, babe. Hey
1: babe, what have you been? Did you turn your phone
0: off? Um, more like I forgot to turn my phone on.
1: <laughs> do you know what day it is? Thursday. Anything else?
0: the thirteenth. Happy anniversary.
1: <laughs> Six years ago. Your youth group collided with mine. You remembered? Mm-hmm. And we're going to celebrate. You remember how we met? News voice. <sighs>
0: They're going to be in town next Friday.
1: You are amazing. Which is why I love you. Mm-hmm. Look, I know I came off probably way too strong yesterday. You know, I just... I get concerned when outside things start coming between us. You get that, can't you? Sure. Forgive me?
0: Always. Come Ah, uh, I just need a...
1: Well, that can't all be statistics. Josh. Please tell me you haven't been spending all your time on that philosophy thing.
0: Not all of it. Okay, most of it.
1: Josh, that's not funny. Okay, it's really not.
0: Look, this is something I want to do, okay? I don't understand how it comes between us.
1: Josh, everything you do is about us. Okay, we're a team. I mean, we're what, six years going on forever, right? It means your grades, your whole future. Yeah, I'm a part of that. I, I don't see how this is contributing to our future.
0: Yeah, well, neither do my parents or anyone else in my life.
1: What should that tell you if every single person that loves you is saying the exact same thing? Josh, I'm letting you know now for your own good. This experiment is over. You need to prioritize and decide who's the most important person in your life. Me? Professor Radisson. What if it's God? I wants you with me. Good. So it's the same answer. Just return the book to the library, sign the stupid paper, and move on. A year from now, we'll look back on this and laugh.
0: We're
1: not Already, Jeff. The decisions you make now have real consequences.
0: If you finish the movie, Josh has to make a tough choice. Is God going to be number one or is my girlfriend going to be number one? And I think for all of us there comes times in life where we have to ask ourselves, Am I going to put God number one? Or do I need to make a decision to keep God number one? And those are some challenging moments. And, and we have to make a decision for ourselves. Am I going to love God more than anything or anyone, or not. Am I going to be yoked to Jesus first, or am I going to be yoked to someone else, or something else? And as we close this morning, I want to go back to our church mission statement. God created you for greatness to live like Jesus. And once in a while, I like to say it that way because we need to remember that God has an incredible plan and purpose for each one of our lives. He created us to be like Jesus. There is no better plan, there is no better focus, there is no better person to see our life yoked and connected to than Jesus. And God is challenging us every day. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to face the struggle of life. You don't have to face the burdens and the hardships of life alone but I want you to be connected and yoked to Jesus. And today the Lord challenged us, God help us to live in love. Help us to love you more than anything or anyone. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? And I, I just felt a nudging of the Lord this week to to close with a moment of prayer. and, And I felt led to speak to two types of people here this morning. The first person that I felt like the Lord wanted to talk to this morning as we wrap up is you're a Christian. But as you have heard the message today, to love God more than anything or anyone, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you were honest, there was some stirring in our heart that said, my love for God is a little low, it's a little weak, it's struggling a little bit right now. And in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that the Holy Spirit would pour fresh into your heart and mind His love. But if that's you this morning, I I need just the fresh pouring in of God's love. I, I need to draw near to God so He can draw near to me this week. Right now as I pause, would you just boldly and courageously put your hand up You're a Christian, but you would say, God, that's me you're speaking to. Pastor Lance, would you pray for me that I need a fresh, a love for Jesus. I need my love for Jesus to be renewed and to be strengthened this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many, many hands. Many hands. Holy Spirit, would you just pour in love? Would you give them strength to put you first? Would you give them wisdom and direction and decisions that they need to make? And may they put you first, not someone else or something else. The second person that I, I felt led to just for a mo- speak to for a moment this morning is you're here and you have never honestly surrendered your life to Jesus. You have never gotten yoked up with Him. You may be a good person. You may be a great person. You may have even grown up in church all or most of your life. But as you heard the message this morning, honestly to yourself, you you thought and you reflected, you know what, I have never truly made God first. I have never truly put Him as the number one in my life. You may look like a Christian. You may talk like a Christian, but in your heart, things have not been right. But God would say to you today that He loves you and He is ready to meet you and to help you put Him first. So right now, as I pause, courageously, boldly, would you just put your hand up and say, God, Pastor Lance, first time ever, first time ever, I am serious right now to surrender to Jesus, to get yoked and connected with Him. Just right now, as I pause, is there anybody, courageously, boldly, you would put your hand up and you would say, that's that's me that God's speaking to. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Anybody else? That's me, God, you're speaking to this morning. I am so excited. Thank you, brother, for the change that is coming in my life. Lord, I thank you for the boldness and courage of these two men and this lady. I pray joy, I pray freedom, I pray hope, I I, I pray that the days to come would be the best days in their life. As we put you first, as we get yoked to Jesus, as we live life every day with and for Jesus. God, you are good. And I pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Let me give you two announcements. Hold on before you go. Small group sign-ups. Men sign-ups. Ladies retreat sign-up. And if you raised your hand this morning when Angela prayed right after worship or if you raised your hand uh, as we just prayed now, and you're like, hey, Lance, I, I could use a devotional. I, I could use maybe a little book that says, this is what the, describes a little bit more. This is the decision that I have made today to follow Christ. Or maybe you'd like, hey, would you pray for me? Uh, I will be right down here in the front. I'll bring my table down. I've got some materials. I'd love to give them to you. I'd love to bless you if you are even also brand new to the church. This is your first time here and you would be like, hey, I'd like to at least meet the pastor. You've got a couple questions. I will be right down here in the front. Would love to talk to you, get to know you a little bit. The Lord bless you. Have an incredible day, an incredible Sunday, an incredible week.